I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. <coughs> Bureau of Suit Right and Compliance with the Open Public Meetings Act has provided adequate notice of the time, date, and location of this meeting to the Asbury Park Press in the Link News on January 12, 2022. Filed notice with the Borough Clerk and post posted notice on the Borough Office Bulletin Board and website. This meeting is open to the public and happy to have you all here. Welcome. Please. Councilman Bieber? Here. Ms. Bills? Mr. Cashmore? Here. Chairman Cunningham? Here. Chairman De Vice Chairman DeSeo? Here. Ms. Gorman? Here. Mayor Kelly? Absent. Mr. Lawrence? Here. Mr. Lepstein? Here. Mr. Schwartz? Mm -hmm. Absent. And Mr. Julio? Excellent. On to the minutes from the January 25th, 22 meeting. Discussion or motion? I'll make the motion. Second? I'll second. second. Roll call, please. Okay. Councilman Bieber? Yes. Mr. Cashmore? Yes. Chairman Cunningham? Yes. Vice Chairman DeSeo? Yes. Ms. Gorman? Yes. Mr. Lawrence? Yes. Okay. On to the resolution. For Christopher Jerry, 15 Church Street. Any discussion on the resolution or changes? For a motion. I'll make a motion. Second. Second. Roll Councilman Bieber? Yes. Mr. Cashmore? Yes. Chairman Cunningham? Yes. Vice Chairman DeSeo? Yes. We have Mr. Lawrence. Yes. That is it. On to the next resolution. Uh, for Michael and Vicki Tableman, Six Willow Way. Discussion or a motion? Uh, Mr. Chair, if I may, there was one. Um, I had a discussion with Mr. Brodsky. There was just one small correction that, that needed to be made in the sense that. Um, in the body of the resolution for that, I did note that Mr. DeSeo um, reviewed the plans and noted that the setback in the front, as it currently exists, is 10.9. And I'm just going to make sure that that is noted in the finalization because in the applicant's notice, I believe it said over 12 feet. So the current existing is 10.9, and it's now going to be 16 So it was only a one minor correction. Thank you. Motion with the change? Or do we need to? We do that with the change. It's it's okay um, because it's it's listed in the body. It's really more of a typographical. Oh, so I'm just okay. it. It's listed in the body of the resolution. We'll do a, a roll call order. Make a motion to approve. Second. Second. Okay, Councilman Pieper. Yes. Mr. Cashmore. Yes. Chairman Cunningham. Yes. Vice Chairman DeSeo. Yes. Ms. Gorman. Yes. Mr. Lawrence. Yes. Okay, moving along on to RPR Holdings, 11 Embry Place, 
Lot 3, Lot 6.04. Welcome. Mr. Mr. Brodsky. Chair, members of the board, how are you? Mr. Brodsky. <laughs> Sounds like it's blind from the movie. I'm going to it. Thank you, uh, Mr. Chair, members of the board, Rick Brodsky, on behalf of the applicant, RPR Holdings, LLC. Before we get started, we will check the notice. We will check the notice. And please let the record reflect that we have reviewed the notice. The notice is acceptable, and we can accept jurisdiction. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. So, uh, going right into it, the board may recall we, the, the, this applicant with respect to this property was here back in uh, 2020 uh, for uh, uh, a lot line, a minor subdivision lot line adjustment. It was a two lot. It had previously been subdivided into two lots before um, uh, my client purchased. Uh, then, when uh, after he purchased, it was it, it was realized that this property was actually located in the BE zone, so we had to shift the lot line a little bit in order to make sure that both of the homes to be constructed were outside of that outside of that uh, BE line, um, and that was done, approved, and and so forth. Um, uh, at this point now, the the applicant who's building both the houses decided uh, that he and his family are going to move into one of the two houses that are being built. Um, and in order, uh, uh, and, and he's got some younger family members, some older family members, and he wants an elevator in, in the house. Uh, and so the, uh, the, it necessitates uh, a height variance with respect to uh, the elevator and uh, shaft and staircase, which which uh, the architect has walked the board through. So, so the permitted height is at 38 feet. Um, what's being proposed is 41.75, um, and that's only for a portion, uh, only for a portion of the structure. Um, the the new houses, of course, are going to be compliant with the with the flood with the flood regs, um, and. Uh, and going to comply with the zone requirements and not, not encroach in, in, into that section of the property at, at all. Mr. Brodsky, if I may? Sure. Um, I'm just, for purposes of the record, your notice said uh, the existing uh, standards were 35 feet, so it's actually 38 feet. It's actually 38. It's right. 35 plus the bonus. I understand. I just, we're going yeah. back to your notice. Of yeah. Purpose yeah. of clarification, it should be a 38. 38, that's right. So, so what's, what's permitted is a 38, it's at 41.75 for a portion. Um, and, and I think it's best if we just have the architect just walk us through it so you can see where exactly on the property we're talking about. Talking about um, and we can go from there. Under, and, and it is a two-story, there's no living space on the, uh, on the roof. Um, so it's not two and a half or three, it's two stories. Well, so what, what prompted you to actually come here with this application? Is it the height. Uh, variant, the C variance for the height. 38. It's uninhabitable space and you're allowed to go to 42 feet. It's an accessory unit, right? We need to have a rock. I don't even know why you need to come here. Because in the discretion of the zoning officer, the LPD requirements. I'm just saying that's why. 
his credentials? Okay. Mike, if, if you would, let's, um, referring to what uh, uh, exhibits you had, now let's just go through them. I think sure. I see that first exhibit, is that, that's an exact copy of what's been submitted, correct? Right. Yeah, this is a thing uh, of the site plan, which is Okay, so we need to uh, mark that one for um, the next, which is also, right? Yeah, the next uh, illustration is all submitted. So we need to draw the card that copies that you should have. Okay. Can I refer to the page called page number? Yeah. Can we know what you're Absolutely. Okay. Um, so to uh, quickly, I'll, I'll go through the plans that I want to draw out the meeting any longer than it needs to be. Uh, so um, the illustration A1, um, dated 10-8-21, uh, uh, floor plans, uh, which show just general uh, spaces. Um, and ground floor level, we have garage storage areas, and then access uh, to the upper floor levels. The first floor plan is the main living area, dining room, kitchen, living room, and one bedroom uh, with a full bath. Uh, next, uh, sheet A2, also dated 10 8 uh, shows the second floor plan with uh, four bedrooms, uh, bathrooms. Again, the elevator and the um, stair continue up. There's a laundry area. Uh, and then the, the calling it the lower roof plan, which shows the extension of the main stair and the elevator going to the roof access. And then there's an associated storage room, which uh, we're going to be using for the elevator machine room, for the equipment, and um, the remainder of the, the roof structure. Uh, so the portion of the extension uh, that we're looking for relief from is just incorporated again, that small storage area, access to the exterior, the elevator itself, the shaft, and the stair. Um, I compute about 18.2%. That's the uh, amount of square footage that is of the total uh, roof area. All right, so it's a small, de minimis amount. Um, but again, the, the, the zoning denial was the, is the reason that we're here uh, because of the, uh, the height. And we understand that we can uh, exceed the 38 feet uh, with certain things, um, but the denial letter, I guess, was the. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They, I, I don't know if the zoning officer interpreted this as. It, it talks about your uh, main increase of height not to exceed 42 feet 
on demonstration that the additional height is necessary in order to allow an existing building to reach two feet above BFM. I think it falls under the category of, say, coolers and things like that. Right, right. That's, I think it does. That's the difference. Yeah. That, yeah. that was meant for an existing structure being raised to meet the, the elevation standard. That's what I'm thinking of. That's okay. the zoning there's a new zoning. This was considered, yes, <laughs> and this is a, and this is, right? even though it's under construction, it is a new building. A new building. So I'll, I'll quickly put, this is the, the front elevation. This is sheet A3. So again, as we're designing um, new structures, you're always fighting between how much you need to raise it above the uh, design flood elevation. In this case, the base flood is 11 feet, and then there's a three foot safety factor. It's called a tree board. Uh, so now our uh, design flood elevation is at 14 feet. So we have to have the, uh, and in this case, because we're in a uh, uh, high velocity wave zone, uh, your lowest structural member needs to be above that, that number. So I can't even put the floor at the 14. I have to put structural beams and then the floor joists, which are composed of about two more feet of structure. And then the floor level can start. Uh, and then, Again, you have your floor systems. Even though we're a two-story house, uh, the top of the roof at the second story is about um, 33 feet somewhere in, in that zone, uh, which is kind of similar in, uh, right across the street. We have two existing houses, and their roof uh, areas are somewhere in that neighborhood. I didn't measure them exactly, but they appear to be uh, you know, the two stories above the garage. And then there's a, a flat roof, so it's, it's similar in scale to that. And then the, um, the shaft for the elevator and the stair, uh, that, that section of the roof uh, is going to go up about another eight and a half, nine feet. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt, but it, sure. just kind of going along with um, the vice chair's earlier statement, it's section 13039, lot building requirements, and it says, uh, Architectural features shall not be habitable and shall not exceed the height limitation of the chapter by more than four feet, which gets you to the 42 feet, Correct. which is what we're saying. And it's not just pertaining to raising houses, it's, it's the actual, and then it actually, well, that, what he was reading before was yeah. specifically so that was, that was for raising his chest. That was the footnote. Right, that's the footnote in the bulk yeah. table, which basically says you have to elevate your structure to get two feet above base flood elevation you can exceed the, the 38 feet. This is separate, this goes to your architectural features, something, and they, they do cite uh, cupolas, domes, and other architectural features um, shall not be habitable and shall not exceed the height limitations of this chapter by more than four feet, which would take you from the 38 to the 42. Right. And even in the, the category, I think it's 15, or something that talks about height, 130-15. So, can we just, can we use our interpretation powers and interpret the ordinance and make a ruling that there's no barrier to the market? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes, we did. <laughs> well, we, we, were, we all sat on the committee yeah. and wrote the ordinance. I, have, I do have six more witnesses. is open. <laughs> you can also just say that, you know, on a motion and discussion, it was determined that no barriers was necessary based upon the equipment site. Well, I want to get it back to the zoning officer, though, that, so that he understands what the interpretation is. 
That's what I'm saying. You just noted in that point in there that we feel that guidance is required based on the interpretation of this ordinance. Yeah, as long as we have a resolution. A quick question. Up in the 42 area, the only thing that's up there is the non-habitable elevator uh, and stairwell. Yeah, that's correct. And stairwell. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. For the record, we need the equipment will be on the roof, and it's just the the height of the elevator and the, and the small overrun, and then it's the structure for the roof. But the the, the highest habitable level here uh, starts on the second floor. I agree with you, Mark. Yeah. Mr. Prosky, they sit within the. the that's right. And yeah, as long as we can get a resolution that. Mr. Broski, just for purposes of the record, and I don't want to the other the other question on the zoning denial was that your platform has existing uh, lot width of 62.5 and it's proposed at 71.7. So I was just wondering, was that because of the lot split? There was an additional. Yeah, it was a carryover. It was a carryover typo from the lot split, but we'll, we already drafted a revised one that we will submit. Fine. I just wanted to get that on the record. Absolutely. I just want you to tell us what the height of the guardrail screen is right there. The same thing I have to mention, the guardrail screen. Oh, the guardrail on the roof? Yeah. Oh, it's the interior. Yeah. 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 So we have that in our front. It's a 36. It's less than 38. Less than 38. So the zoning denial market basically says that building height is measured to the highest point of the roof, but I don't think it's cited those sections that we discussed. He was looking at the one word. The table, instead of the other section of the It's 139 A 139 Yes, 139 A little section. I gotta sign them out. A2. Sorry, I, I just have a question before we move oh. to the next question. Okay. Uh, so we, we can open the public. There's no reason we can't. We're going to make a motion to. It's an interpretation. Well, testimony, so they didn't they come as an interpretation. Correct, and there's testimony on the record. So, yeah. absolutely. Okay, so any question so that you yeah, have? Yeah, my question is so we have a question. Wait, 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 wait. We're going <laughs> to open to the public about the testimony before you and the discussion the board has made. So, first state your name for the record and your address. My name is Janet O'Connell. I live at 12 in New Place. Okay, what's your, what's your question? So, if we approve this six-foot overture, what is it going to do for the rest of the block? Because, as it is, it's an instruction of our view. Okay, so, so let, let, let's just clarify real quick. So, it's not really an approval of a variance. Under the ordinance, the zoning officer looked at the wrong table because this is not a habitable space. It's just for the extension of the elevator. Mm -hmm. So under the ordinance, which is 130-39A2, 
it's within the allowable height for for this type of design because it's not a habitable space. So it's not it's no longer a variance necessity. It's an interpretation by the board that the zoning officer, in essence, made a mistake. Okay. So. So it's permitted. It's, it's permitted. permitted. It's, it's permitted. permitted. It's allowed in our zoning. Yeah. Okay. By by ordinance, not because we're saying it. It's just he read the wrong section of the ordinance. Okay. All right. So I'll make a motion that the board uh, interprets that the zoning officer made a mistake. Uh, I have one second. Uh, sorry. Is there anyone else in the public that <laughs> would like to be heard on this matter? I actually have one other comment. Sure. Because if you look from across the street, you can see it's very clear how the pillars that are the second house is going to be built on are higher than the one of the house that's already being built. Well, perhaps they're going to get cut off. Okay. I don't know. They have to prove that they don't exceed the allowable height. When they, when they, when they are touring construction, they, up, then they, they have to prove that they don't exceed what was approved on, this, on the plan, so they'll, they'll be able to uh, verify that. And another house hasn't been, your second house hasn't come in front of us of needing any variances. That's correct. Well, they, yeah, they both came in for the subdivision. They came in for the division, yeah. right. Yeah, so that one would have to fully comply or compliance. Is there anyone anyone else in the public? If not the public portion is now closed. I don't think any, I don't think we should say that the the zoning also made a mistake. Why not? I'll say it's already on the record. Yes, you, sir. Yes, you, sir. Yes, you sir. 
you've done anything to uh, change the condition of the property? Yes, we've cleaned and improved the, um, the property. Uh, Tom, the fire marshal, came out to the property and advised me on the steps that needed to be taken. So we improved the, um, the soffit on the building. We closed a vent. We removed all of the wires uh, on the property. Uh, we also removed all of the loose brush, debris, trash. Um, we cleaned it thoroughly. thoroughly. Okay, now one of the uh, issues that was raised by certain members of the board last time was the presence of propane tanks on the property, which I think were just loosely left. What happened to those tanks? Uh, they're properly stored uh, according to the Tom's instructions, um, and the space here is also properly stored as well, so they're no longer um, out in the, you know, on the property. Okay, where, where are the space heaters going to be uh, stored? I either inside the building um, or there's an interior courtyard which is secluded um, that is not visible but it potentially be still there as well. Okay, now do you, and I understand that you intend to uh, remove the wooden fence, is that correct? Yes. Uh, and that's not been done yet but that would be part of the plans? Yeah, I was advised to put in a, a chain link fence which we're, we're happy to do. Okay, and you're going to do that. The Chevy remains the same? Yes. And uh, does the building have electricity? No electricity. Okay, you're not going to heat that building? No electricity by design. Uh, we don't want any fire risk or hazard. We just want it to effectively be a shed to store dryers. Okay, is there any lighting? Uh, there's ambient lighting from the courtyard. Um, there's no specific lighting on the, uh, on the building. Now, it's, it's not anticipated that there will be any uh, use that would require additional parking, is that correct? That's correct. Uh, now, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, area in front of the building that looks to be stone, and then there's uh, some grass. Are supposed to uh, do anything with that? Yeah, it was recommended to add additional gravel or pave the, uh, the property. Uh, I'm happy to, uh, to make that, that improvement. Okay, so anything else that uh, you need to do? Uh, I need to make sure that Angelicus keeps it clean. Um, you know, they have been known to have some of their stuff sort of spread out over time, so I will continue to monitor the property and make sure that they, they use it as, um, as it's designated. Okay, now how will Angelicus obtain access to the site? The alleyway that goes along the squash club uh, and to, the, to Angelicus restaurant. Is there another alleyway as well? Yeah, there's. Has that been used from time to time? I well, it's away from this property, but yeah, they come down both of those alleyways. And the alleyway uh, where Angelica's has dining, uh, squash club has a right to uh, use that for entrance to the squash club. That's right. So we were permission to grant Angelica's access as well. That's correct, and that is where they bring in their delivers. So we wouldn't seek anything outside of what they're already using. Okay, I have no further questions. The, 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 there's a couple of alleys you're talking about right there. So their deliveries come in the main alley like you would be walking into the squash club. Exactly. Correct, okay. I just wanted to clarify it for the record. And the, the other alley, I was there today, it doesn't seem you can get through the, the northern end of it. So you have to go back to the other property to come around it? Because there's a pole right there 
at the end of the fence. And there's a space that wide, I don't know how you could even carry that equipment through it. So there's two alleyways. There's the dining Angelica's alleyway, which leads right, right. to the- I'm not talking about right. that right. There's one that's parallel to that, which is pretty open. So I walked through that one today. It's north of that. That's by the Thai restaurant. Yes. yes. That's not your property, though. No, it's not. Yeah. yeah. But is that a designated easement for a specific person or a general public? That's that new building, the newer building. Yeah, but easements are usually... No, I agree. I, I don't know. They're for a specific person, not for a general use. Unless it is well, I don't know how this board can approve use of somebody else's property, property no, except I'm just saying your, your, is your property. Yeah, we're, we're not asking you to. We have access to the site that the squash club easement, so we should have been It's the other site. The other alley. How do you have access? So they wouldn't go through the squash club, but I own the squash club itself. Um, they would use the alleyway that goes down to Angelica's to the squash club and the alleyway behind the business. The, there, there is an alleyway there that goes the whole length of the squash club. I agree. That's what my question was, was there's a pole right in the middle of the end of it. I don't know how you can get any, I don't think I would have fit through it today. Uh, I'm not sure which pole you're referencing. I walked through that whole area today and, and, and frequently, so I, I wish I went with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I haven't had, and the workers also have not had any issues with that, that pole. So I think that access has been pretty open. I, I haven't seen any issues with, with access. Okay, well, maybe I was looking at somebody else's property, but it's the alley. I could see all the way behind all the stores. I was at the one right at the squash club. Yeah. And the corner of the squash club. Yeah. It's wide open there? I, I don't know. Um, so I couldn't have fit my bike through it. So there's garbage cans along that alleyway that's parallel to the Avenue. Yeah, and so that's for Seabright Pizzeria, that's for Angelica's, and there is a, a walkway to go through there um, that I haven't had any impeded access with. Okay. Submitted stating that you had the ability to use that. To use which alleyway? Any of them. Either. Any of them. So the alleyway behind Conos Pizzeria and Angelica's. You won't. Between the buildings. What if you get one of the tenants get annoyed at you and say you can't go down my alley anymore? It's mine. If it's not, it's well, not I think he, owns, he owns the, the long alleyway between the squash club. He owns it as the squash club. Okay. He doesn't uh, own it, Mr. Cunningham. He has a 10-foot wide access <coughs> uh, over that property. The property is owned by Angelicus. Use of that property was subject to litigation, and ultimately a settlement was reached with Angelicus, which permitted us, I say us, Mr. McClain, so to use it. Yeah. As You're well talking about the dining alley now. So I'm the talking about the one along the squash club. The that's, the, that's the direction you move these big items through. Correct. That's what we've been talking about. The garbage cans were Kono and Angela. Okay. That, that, that parallel to Ocean Avenue. 
We have to talk to the planner about that. Do you, do you have an easement document that you have the right to use it? Who, whose is it? It seems like it's part of the squash club to me. <laughs> so we have our site map. I think it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Proving to me that you have the right to do it 
I think is critically important to you making the groups on particular suitability. I hear what you're saying, but I can't talk until I'm Before you get to before you get to this topic, can I, can I ask a question? What do you, what's the historical use of this building? It, it was a residential home? It was yes. the residential home that was destroyed in Sandy. The gentleman that owned it was named Scott Davidson. He was going to make it a project at some point to renovate it with his family. His father passed. He sold it to me a few years ago. Um, and if the squash club is able to succeed, and I'm happy to say that the, the business is, is doing okay, we would at some point like to tear down that bungalow and extend the squash club to have another workout studio. So that's the call it medium term goal. And in the interim, we're hopeful to make better use of it right now to let Angelica's use it for storage. So, so you're asking for temporary approval because your ultimate goal is to tear it down. That's the ultimate goal. I don't know if that'll ever happen, to be frank. Um, that's call it a, a dream. And you said there's no electric in the building? No electric, by design. What if there's a fire? There's no such thing as a temporary use. No, I know. Well, <laughs> I, I know. So there's just like a shed, there's no electric to catch fire. There's no lighting. There's it's it's literally, literally a shed. So it's a shed that is a shed with propane with propane tanks uh, on the outside. Propane tanks are outside and stored appropriately according to the fire marshal's request. So if there's a fire, yeah, what happens? He, he was involved in this. So the fire uh, the, the fire marshal was involved in I this. He gave us a report. I uh, my request uh, it, it brought it to another meeting. I don't know who these people are, just asking. So this is Tom. Tom okay. yes. So that's not I don't know that's what you're And it doesn't really say he's okay with it. It basically says we'll not be allowed to store over allowable amounts, but it doesn't say that how much that is. And it doesn't it doesn't say, you know, it says outdoor storage of propane tanks will be regulated by the fire code. It doesn't talk at all about storing these things inside. And I think the back is the request was for a storage of dry goods. Yes, yeah. So propane tanks are not allowed to be stored indoors, and we're not proposing anything like that. The propane tanks are outdoors and stored according to Tom Hague's very specific request on storing propane. There is no reason for a spark in a building that's holding tomato sauce and, and uniforms. Right? This is a literal shed. It's I mean, theoretically, what if, there, what if lightning hit it? I mean, you know, you can't say to me definitively there's absolutely zero ability for there to never be a fire. You cannot say that. Okay. Tom, we, we have to, as a board, have to take Tom Hagee's approval of it, and he did approve of it, uh, as far as I, I recall. I mean, I'm reading this, it doesn't say anything about yeah, it. He doesn't say he approved it, Chairman. He, said, he just says, the outside storage of propane tanks will be regulated by the fire code, will not be allowed to store or allowable amounts. He, he doesn't really approve it. But, but regardless of that, it's still an issue um, as to what happens if there's a fire. So I, I don't know how we get If involved. I can ask my question, his conversation with me is that he cannot approve it until the zoning is granted. And when the zoning is granted, he will approve it if steps A, B, and C are met. And that's a fire marshal decision, my understanding. I don't think this is a fire marshal approval conversation. I recommended that he look at it, and he that's why he came to look at it. Yes. And, and he actually did call me okay. and said it would be okay once they do certain things. Okay. And so Tom's checklist has been accomplished, checked off, and he has told me that he's able to approve it on the new standards being granted. 
Do you have that checklist? Yeah, I was going to say, we don't have. Like, I don't have it. And so it's hard for me to, I'm not suggesting that you're not be truthful, but you know, there has to be a record and a file, and like all these things need to be in writing. And this memo that he wrote with these five things is not giving me the impression that he has checked off and everything's fine. You, you should get a letter from him that says, pursuant to my conversation, we take no exception to the use variance moving forward. The applicant would have to secure whatever after any, any approval from this board has been given. We don't have anything that says that. And let's just know for the record that so, all comments that are made here, uh, numbers four and five are they're questions. questions. <laughs> <laughs> they're not comments, they're questions. So I think if you look at it, the fire code official is actually questioning. Well, I think three actually is a question if you read it. Will there be any dumpsters? Yeah, yeah. So, and, and number two is two. I do not see anything on the plan indicating this. Well, let's be left, right? They're, they're all questions, <laughs> except for number one. Which doesn't provide the fire yeah. code or the limitations imposed on how much I mean, usually, Mr. Chair, when the fire marshal approves something, you get a letter from the fire marshal saying, I reviewed the application, these are my, uh, I'm okay with it if these conditions are met, or something along those lines. It's like when Dave writes it. Exactly. And then the exactly. applicant comes in with the answers. Do yeah. we get the both of them together in one? That would be helpful. He doesn't so, even have the letter that you have. It's a memo. Yeah. Dated December 7th. Mm -hmm. You don't have it? Okay. I think it's on the website. I give it to you. It's, it's, oh, okay. yeah. Maybe the best thing to do to make the most productive use of tonight is to uh, get Mr. Stockton on the stand and he will testify as to uh, the site plan and what he shows on the on site plan. You can then get something more definitive from the fire marshal and investigate whether there are prescriptive rights to the uh, area, the walkways behind those buildings. Can, can, is he going to put on the use testimony also? I think so, yes. Okay. I, I, I would just, I, I'm concerned about that because absent the information that you do not have, and I understand you're not sworn in yet, I don't know how he makes his proofs well, without the information. Okay. Let's try. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you want to open it to public questions? For well, we haven't heard his testimony. Are you going you want to post it? Can, can, can we get questions any, for this witness first before we move on? Of course we can. There you go. <laughs> so we're kind of morphing. Jumping around. trying to make it all work. I know. <laughs> uh, is there anyone in the public that has a question about the witness's testimony? Okay. If not, the public portion is now closed. Moving along. Sir? Sir, he's here to spread to look through the whole truth and nothing but the truth for purposes of application. Yes, I do. Please state your name and your professional credentials for the record. My name is Andrew Stockton. I'm a licensed professional engineer, uh, land surveyor, and planner in the state of New Jersey. I'm also licensed as a professional engineer and land surveyor in New York and Maryland, and as a professional engineer in the state of Connecticut. Uh, my company is Eastern Civil Engineering, LLC. 31 Grand Tour, Highlands, New Jersey. And I've testified before Seabright before, and as well as If there are no objections from our board members, we'll accept your testimony. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay. So, do we have a uh, 82 for the segment? Do we need to mark this was submitted? No, that was submitted. We're good. Uh, okay. So, I, I prepared the minor site plan drawing for the project. 
assembled it from various information, including uh, the survey map for our property, the survey map for the adjacent squash club property, aerial images, and uh, tax map data. So this doesn't actually represent a full survey of the block, but it's a compilation of the surrounding properties from those other documents. Um, the subject property is lot 16, lot 14. It's number three, badminton court. And it's 47 feet wide by 50 feet deep. And it's at the end of the easterly fork of the badminton court uh, right of way and within the R3 uh, residential zone district. Uh, the site is tucked behind uh, the Monmouth Squash Club and swim school building uh, and that property at uh, lot 15.02 and lot 16 and behind the racket club condominium building at lot 16 lots 15.03 through 15.12 um, i'm sorry 15.12 um, badminton court itself is a 15 foot wide uh, right of way connecting out to peninsula avenue um, and exists more as, I think everybody knows, more or less as a, uh, a stone surface parking area for uh, the other properties along it, as well as for uh, the condominium building and for uh, this property. The condominium building? Yes. The, the, uh, the Racket Club condominium is at block 16, um, lots 15 and 3 through 15 12. And then from that condominium building, there are other properties with residential dwellings that go out towards Bridge uh, Street. Uh, there's an existing small, I think we talked about it already, small one story building and a separate small shed on the property. Uh, situated along the southerly side of the lot and from first inspection it appears to me that the character of the building is more of a, a, a small bungalow or storage shed rather than what you would expect nowadays for a single-family dwelling. Um, it's, it's out of the way, tucked off to the side of the parking area and framed by the, um, the westerly side of the rack club and, and uh, the back or northerly side or one of the northerly sides of the, of the, uh, the, the splash club building. What about the encroaching on the main property? I'm sorry to say that. The building encroaching on Right, that just property. happens to be a circumstance of the existing conditions. Uh, the, the building itself is actually the back line of the building on our lot is actually built right into the back line of uh, a portion of the squash club building and a portion of a, um, I guess, privacy wall or a masonry fence um, that frames out a section of the condominium building property. So that's just a, a circumstance of the existing condition. It's always been that way. And we're not proposing to change that or separate it at all. It's just an existing condition. If you're changing the use of this property, don't you have to conform to the, uh, the elements of it? I don't think you necessarily do. I think it's it's just an existing condition that's always been that way, and, and we're hoping that it would remain that way as long as this 
building remains on the property or on the as it is, it should be able to stay that way. Um, the applicant stated that he's seeking use variance approval to allow the building to be uh, rented for use by Angelica's Restaurant, which operates from the first floor of 1070 Ocean Avenue. And I, on this, on the uh, minor site plan, I, I shaded that uh, in. Uh, that's the building on Lot 3 in Block 16. Uh, the intent of the rental space is to allow for the storage and retrieval of dry goods and uh, other miscellaneous equipment for use by Angelica's. And the project doesn't involve any uh, electric or any other utilities. The project doesn't uh, and won't involve any refrigeration or freezer storage of any goods there. Uh, and the project, I think this was important at the uh, as a point at, from the uh, last meeting, the project won't allow for any mixed use, no, no uh, partial use for storage, no partial uh, and, and partial use as residential. It's all meant to be 100% storage space um, for use by Angelica. Um, there was some uh, question that came up about access from this particular site to Angelica's restaurant. And what happens is um, it's, it's all foot traffic and foot traffic follows around the north side of the Squash Club building and down an existing walkway behind lots uh, five. Lot five in block 16 is the Nui Thai Cuisine uh, restaurant and Gracie and Dudes restaurant. Um, there is a, an existing alley with an existing access easement um, across uh, the northern portion of Lot 4 that provides access from, um, from the Splash Club building property line out towards Ocean Avenue. And that is the pathway, I think, that is the main foot traffic for getting goods from this uh, storage building out to Ocean Avenue and around to uh, Angelica's restaurant, uh, but the walkway continues across the back of lot four and across the back of lot 4.01, that's the Seabright uh, Pizza um, building, and then across the back of the Angelica's uh, restaurant property at lot three, and then there's another existing 10 foot wide alley on the south side of Angelica's restaurant from the Squash uh, Club building out towards the Ocean Avenue right of way. And as everybody knows, the portion of the sidewalk in front of Angelica's and the portion of the, uh, that 10-foot wide alleyway is also used for outdoor seating uh, by the restaurant. Um, the question came about, about whether there is actually um, easement rights for that pathway or for the whole of that pathway. Um, the, portion that I think is only in question is for the existing sidewalk area at the back of lot 5 and block 16. And I don't have, I didn't conduct any title research or deed research into whether easement rights exist across that. Um, but these buildings have all been there very, very long. 
always been that way. Uh, so there might actually be prescriptive easement rights that kind of cover that use of that sidewalk area for all of these properties. The, uh, the existing uh, properties or existing buildings at lots 3, 4.01, 4, and 5 also tend to store their uh, trash in the backs of those buildings and they bring the trash barrels out to the alleyway. I think you mentioned it had a name, but there's another uh, municipal alleyway that goes out towards Peninsula Avenue. Um, if it happens that for some reason um, we either can't find any existing deed of easement for access across the back of Lot 5 or can't prove that prescriptive rights have been there because the sidewalk has actually been there and been used forever, then the all that does basically is change the pathway uh, or the allowable pathway for foot traffic from what we're proposing at Lot 14 out to Ocean Avenue and the route would just change to follow along the north side of the Squash Club building at Lot 15.02 to a point where the foot traffic would then turn and follow the existing municipal alleyway out to Peninsula Avenue and a longer trip around the block to Ocean Avenue, if they really had to do that. Um, if for some reason that sidewalk went away at any time in the future. But in all likelihood, I think, I think probably because it's been this way for well, interrupt you for one close second. to 100 years. That municipal alleyway you're talking about, is that the uh, X crushed stone and paved alley? That's what I have it labeled on my plan, but if you look at the tax map, it's a 16-foot wide alley right, right away that goes out to the Minnesota. Okay, I, I just wanted to clarify where it was. Yes. Yeah. But that doesn't have access to this lot. So if you're going to use this for commercial use, and there's going to be deliveries there. You're going to go through badminton court through the residential homes. They, what they actually do is, however the deliveries get to Angelica's restaurant now, they, they walk along uh, that existing walkway and stock it from that way. They don't, I don't think they use badminton Well, if they're going to be getting a delivery of, of propane tanks or something, they're going to be backing in down through badminton court. No, I would think they would actually park they're them on the Ocean Avenue. around? I think that's how they I've seen them on Ocean Avenue. Yeah, but that's before they have this as your storage area. Uh, if no, I could say, no. we do not want them to go through a residential area and make deliveries. So we do not propose any trucks coming to the property. We don't want to disturb the residents. We propose that you continue to bring in all the items to the alley. Manual. Manual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not, not with a truck. So I don't, I don't really, I don't really see the footpath traffic. Uh, shown on my plan with the, uh, with the uh, lightly shaded dash line and the te text labels that I have. I don't really see that changing, but if it really had to change, it doesn't actually cut off access and I want everybody to kind of feel comfortable with that. If it really had to change, access would continue to the north side of uh, the Splash Club building to a point where it meets that existing municipal uh, right away in the alleyway out to Peninsula Avenue and then down and around the block. It just might be a little bit longer, but it doesn't cut off access to 
what we're proposing or how we're proposing to use uh, the existing building. So, Monica, can I ask you a question? Yeah. If the only way that this project works is to utilize property on lot 15.02, shouldn't 15.02 be part of the application? <laughs> no, what, what actually happened then was at the last board meeting that we came to, um, board engineer Dave Hoder recommended that we prepare a minor site plan and on the minor that, site that, plan show the actual pathway. That, that's not my question. So yeah. you're using, so, without that we see the site right, plan, so and now you see the not part of the application. It's no different than if you have a subdivision and a driveway goes through a lot, that lot needs to be included in the application. So I guess the question goes back to Monica. If, if, if the only way for this to work and avoid coming through the residential area, which was your concern, is to utilize property that's not the subject of this application, which doesn't, that, doesn't that lot require to be included in the application? Well, wouldn't yes. that be 1502 and lot 5? Do, do we, it would actually be, do we know that that's part of the structure? Lot 1502 is the Squash Club building, and lot 3 is the Angelica's restaurant.
if, if the board is hinging their decision on whether there's access, and we think Lot 14 would be great, provided there is access, then go the other way. But I just don't want to waste the time. Well, Mark, I agree with you 100%. But the, in our original meeting where we had testimony and discussion, the one thing I asked for was to show how you're going to move it and who owned the property. Yeah, no, no, Mr. Chairman, I get that. But all, all I'm saying is, I, sitting up here right now, and I want to hear Mr. Stockton's testimony, I'm very hard pressed. I'm going to assume for the purposes of this conversation that they have every right to access to get over there. Assuming that. Yeah, assuming that. I'm presuming that's what I'm saying. Okay? I don't know if that's the case, but I'm presuming it. I'm having a very hard time understanding how Lot 14 is appropriate for this use. Very hard time. And the application before us actually is to change that use, use. not pending access to it. Right. And just I mean, I agree that access is important if, if we're inclined to do it, but I, I just don't want to waste it. I don't want to waste their time going on the title, which is expensive. Well, and one, other, one other thing, interesting looking at Lot 14, and Mr. Hoder is not here to clarify, you know, the square footage of the existing first-story building, which they're proposing as warehouse-slash-storage, which is a shed, I'm not quite sure what the ordinance specifies with regard to square footage of a shed versus whether or not you can make this a the, the one-story household a storage facility slash warehouse without appropriate utilities because that may be that may be not only you know in our code but by, by design based on the size of the building and I, I have another also important question in my mind is, is under our ordinances as they stand right now when you're converting a residential lot to a commercial use you have to provide a 15-foot buffer zone between the new commercial use and the existing residential use. How are you going to provide any kind of buffer zone here? And that's why I want Mr. Stockton to put on his proofs. And, uh, and, and, and then you can make a decision what you want to do, Mr. Wolf. But um, I'm just telling you right now, having not heard Mr. Stockton, I'm having a very tough time understanding and going even what Dave said, how, how awkward team would ever be particularly suited for what you're proposing. I think uh, in, in the interest of uh, efficiency, our time and money and the board's time, uh, right, Mr. Lexton, I just uh, briefly discussed it with my clients. So why don't we put on Mr. Stockton's proof, who's has some special reasons under Medici, and uh, if we're not going to go anywhere with the underlying application, why put us to the trouble of trying to develop an argument for prescriptive easements? So, if that's acceptable, I think special reasons exist to support our variance request, and those are um, the building's physical location in proximity to the commercial use of the squash club building, and it's uh, uh, easy access. I, well, I know we have to do a little more research into the access, but easy foot. Uh, have access to the backs of the buildings that actually front out on uh, to Ocean Avenue. Uh, the building actually looks like a storage building rather than a typical single-family residence. Uh, that, I think, makes it particularly well-suited for the site and the intended use. Um, the nearest structure besides the squash building to ours is uh, shown on my minor site plan drawing, uh, just under the text that says lot 15.01, and that is actually a uh, one-story garage 
storage building for the condominiums that has a deck on top of it. So that is not part of any uh, residential use uh, on lot 15.01. All of the other visible surrounding properties are crushed on parking areas, including uh, the remainder of lot 15.01, the right of way of Badminton Court, um, lot 12, and lot 13, but lot 13 is separated from this property by an existing uh, wood fence that frames the westerly and uh, southerly sides of that lot. Um, and then converting our building to a residential use, either lifting it or reconstructing it, would actually look out of character to uh, this area at, at, at the end of Badminton uh, Court. Um, the proposed storage building also does not generate any traffic or otherwise interfere with the day-to-day -day use of Badminton Court or some parking areas there. Uh, and then I think uh, one or more purposes of zoning would be uh, advanced in support of uh, the positive criteria, specifically looking at your ordinance section 130 2, that's for uh, the purposes of zoning, and then in particular, purpose G is advanced, and I think to some degree, purposes A and K are also advanced. Um, the project has a storage or converting the use to a storage building also meets uh, one of the priority uh, strategic goals uh, for economic development in the Seabright 2020 recovery plan, which uh, focuses on the positive aspects uh, to help residences, businesses, investors, and customers uh, bring customers to the borough and supporting the operations of Angelica's restaurant by helping them with their storage needs also helps fulfill that goal. And I think in reality, the variance could be granted without causing any substantial detriment to the public good or without impairing the intent or purpose of the zone plan and or the land use ordinances for the, um, the reasons that I stated. What, what would be your argument on what the point I brought up about creating a commercial property in residential zone meeting? Creating a buffer is, is, is the fact that everything surrounding our property within 15 feet at least, like you said, for a buffer area, is actually stone surface parking area. Uh, the nearest structures to our building are the commercial building of the Squash Club and the storage garage area uh, that sticks out um, into lot 15.01 and it's used for storage by uh, the racket club condominium building. So there's really nothing residential surrounding this property but today. Right. But with the with with the interest in Seabright on property and rebuilding, the condominiums could be bought out, knocked down, and build a nice residential street in there, connecting the bandit and court that goes out to a res residential street behind all this commercial nonsense. I just want to echo what Dave's saying. I, I agree with him. We can't, 
I, I don't think we should be looking at it by this is what actually is there today. We have to look at it as what may or may not happen in the future also. It's, it's actually a disgrace for right now, if you ask me. But what I'm, but what I'm aware of. Yeah, that, yeah. that whole section of that whole that many court area is in need of redevelopment, I mean, frankly. And I don't mean legal redevelopment. Legal redevelopment. I, 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 I mean private redevelopment. Yeah. So, and, and it's already zoned residential. It's already zoned Right. And, but what I'm saying is the use for residential, I think everybody would understand that because of the damage that happened to the structure from Hurricane Sandy. It's probably a tear down and rebuild. When you tear it down and rebuild it, if you rebuilt it as a single family home in this location, a single family home in this location would look absolutely out of character with everything else surrounding but, but it. That's, today. But, but that's today. That's today. Right. But it could also set off a, uh, a renovation to the to the area to for other people to inspire them to also renovate their buildings. And, and Mr. Martin's uh, ultimate goal that he stated in the beginning of his testimony is that he would hope in the future that this property gets absorbed and built into the Splash Club building. Right, but right now he, he gave me the experience to do that. And he also said that may never happen. And he also said that may never happen. Two things, he, he, that may or may not happen, but it is a goal for the property. And He may need a use variance, or he may approach council to take one zone. Well, right, right now, as it sits today, he need a use variance. Right. Yes. So, there are, there are, I guess, ways to think about the future right. of the property. Right. But I think the way that it sits now as a storage building is probably the highest and best use of it for the size of the property, its location in this back neighborhood that we all agree probably does need some kind of redevelopment effort and it certainly helps Angelica's restaurant with their storage needs. <laughs> so <laughs> if I could well. just, first and foremost, you're in the R3 zone, correct? Yes. So the lot area in the R3 zone is 1,800 square feet. Right. And you're over 2,000 square feet, 47 by 50, correct? 2,350 right. square So to opine that this is the highest and best use due to the size of the property is a little bit of a stretch in my opinion since you're well over the minimum lot area in the zone. Right, but what would actually happen, tear down and rebuild, then you would be subject to front, rear, and side yard setbacks. So you wouldn't be tucking a new building in the same location. You would be shifting it out into the center of that lot a little bit more. And when you do that, as a single-family home in that area, it doesn't fit with how the existing development is all around. The way it's currently, what I think to their point is that this that may be the impetus that area needs to move in a direction that's consistent with the zoning. But I just want to touch on the special reasons, and I, I, I hate to do this to you, but I don't agree with your special reasons. And part of the reason is, number one, I'm not understanding how a private storage facility for a private commercial entity uh, promotes the health, safety, and general welfare. Oh, explosive interior. Well, okay, just let me finish Amy for a second, okay. then you can go behind this. Then secondly, so that was purpose A, which promotes the health, safety, and welfare. I don't see how a private storage shed promotes the health, safety, and welfare. Then you talked about purpose G, which is sufficient space at appropriate locations, and I guess that's that's disputed based upon the fact that it's, you know, uh, a, couple, well, a couple of the board members have expressed their concern with this being residential area 
and, and could potentially turn over. But the one that really has me is Purpose K, which is to encourage coordination of the various public and private procedures and activities shaping land development. So I'm not really understanding how this is a public-private procedure. I mean, I understand that the very tail end of that is efficient use of land, and I'm not even 100% sure that's applicable, but you know, I, I have concerns with this site being located in a, in a residential zone, um, you know, and that, you know, I, I question the, it looks like a storage building, so therefore it should be a storage building versus a resident. I don't really know that that is enough to get over the hump of the site's particularly suited. We don't agree with the goals of zoning, and I do think after you get to that, and you talk about the potential negative, then the access and the question about the access comes in. So in my opinion, I, I think this is this is a, a stretch for a D1 use variance. I don't really think that there's any kind of goal of zoning or public purpose being furthered. I feel like it's, you know, like you said, Mark, an interim use to earn some cash um, that has potentially some issues and could have more of a negative impact on that area than it's, it, it's not, in my opinion, promoting any public benefit. And if I just add to that, I mean, we literally, well, it's been a couple of years now, but we literally just did, we did the master plan. And we felt when we did the master plan, we kept this in the residential zone. We didn't make this commercial. And it was an existing residence at that time. It was an existing Before Sandy. It wasn't an existing yeah. commercial use. It was a home once before. Adjacent to and, and included in a complete residential zone. Well, I, I, I would just uh, offer a rebuttal to that, okay. that your, your master plan does have a goal in it to uh, promote and support the, the businesses and the restaurant, restaurants, and that supports the public good. And this facility has a storage uh, incidental to the use of Angelica's restaurant meets that goal. Yeah, and I appreciate that, Mr. Stockton, but you can say that about literally every single property in Seabright that we wanted to uh, convert to commercial to residential by saying we could help the business. Right. So that can't right. possibly be what the goal of the master plan was by having that in there. But then you, the, the, you go through the balancing test mm -hmm. and whether this is suitable for a single family dwelling or whether it's suitable for what we're hoping it to be as a storage building. Um, I, I think the highest and best use is the storage building. So I appreciate your Thank you. Okay. We did our best, and uh, I guess it wasn't good enough. Uh, well, we vote here. Yeah, I appreciate that uh, you <laughs> the issue of uh, getting it over with if we're going nowhere. Uh, my client has. Uh, been involved in Seabright for about five or six years now and acquired this property uh, with the hope of uh, building a facility that was adjacent to the squad club, which would be an accessory use, and I think we would get the problems there. This was just something that worked for Angelica's work was that building at Bungalow was a disaster. My client just wanted to make it look better. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, in terms of uh, Mr. Stockton's testimony, I think it is. Uh, 
quite clear that uh, that property is not suitable for anything but for uh, storage. It works perfectly. I know we have our problems with access, uh, but we were just trying to make things a little bit better. We did it. Uh, as soon as uh, we got scolded by uh, a member of the board, we and then justify myself and if I you know, did what had to be done to, to get ready to improve things. And I really had felt at the time because uh, even though we may not have met all, notwithstanding Mr. Doctor's able testimony, we may not have met all of the DITU requirements and the land use requirements, nevertheless, we were improving things uh, in a way that benefited everybody. We really hurt nobody, nobody even sees this building and knows that it's there unless you're make an application and bring board members out to it. So we did, we did our best, and uh, I don't think I'm going to change anybody's mind looking at that. Uh, if, if, if I can ask, so we have a fire building, if I can. Yeah. So in Badman Court, we've got <coughs> unoccupied residential building number one. Then there's Bob's property, which is about seven or eight apartments there, which are not the most beautiful apartments. And then we have three bedrooms in court. Are well, they sure occupied? The middle property is, yes. So that's seven or eight apartments run by Bob, right? The one on the corner is in disrepair, and that's being held by somebody who's in arrears on his taxes. And we've got three bedrooms in court, which is an 800 square foot building. It's 800 square feet. I don't know what else we could possibly do with this. I have no understanding of when these other condos would ever be taken down if there will be a beautiful residence there like there are across Seabright, or if it's going to remain like Tobacco Road. This is a clean property. It's maintained now. I don't think it's a disgrace. I don't think it's a disgrace to the people that live there. They're my neighbors. They're my friends. I don't know what else can be done with this property. Half of our town that was, was neglected has been torn down and rebuilt. So it's rebuilding beautifully. And I think that's the goal of our town is to see it all rebuilt after all the destruction from Sandy. And that building was a victim of sanding. I'd like to see it restored in, in, the, in the zone that belongs in commercial, I mean residential. And that's an 800 square foot residence that's raised, and that's that's a little island in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by Bob Nero's property, which is in disrepair and hasn't been maintained, next to another derelict apartment building that might be there forever. I, I just don't understand how this progression is supposed to take place. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. When we turn that squash club, that was a public nuisance, and we turned it into a profitable building where hundreds of kids learned how to swim. We certainly have a zoning that we have to abide by. So I'm, I'm not arguing with you about that. I, I understand the position you're in, but we, we really, we have some serious concerns about this, obviously. And I, I respect those concerns. My yeah. question is, where does this go? We talk about the future. If you want some suggestions, which I'm not supposed to do, because I mean, you can't do that. Don't do it. Exactly. He's, exactly. he's gotten that many times. I, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> We're not supposed to make suggestions. So, plan B. To extend it. That's how it's better than. But I, I think, I think that, would, that, would, that would be a more appropriate application based on the fact that a butcher building than something like this, which is a storage facility for, a, for another business. That's not for me to say. I'm just saying it would probably look like a better application. And, 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 I couldn't and, say that. And, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the danger of saying that 
is he could walk out of here and think, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to use it best money. Right. And then he comes here and he gets the knock. Right. And I don't know that he would or wouldn't, but, but I don't want to give the applicant the, the impression that that's a slam dunk if you walk in here. No. I've done it very clearly. I understand that. I'm just saying that to caution you. So, yeah. but, uh, and, and I want to be very, very clear. I think everything you've done with that squash court has been wonderful. I think you, I think you are a credit to this community, and I mean that sincerely. Uh, I just personally do not feel that this particular use is appropriate for this particular structure and this particular property based upon where it is, where it's located adjacent to the other residential properties. I think it would be a detriment if it was if it was transferred into a housing. So I, I can't I can't support it. But uh, we have, have we opened up to the public yet? Um, no, we're, 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 we're getting there. Okay. okay. I didn't want to cut you off. Sorry, I just wanted to get myself. Uh, we haven't opened to the public on the witness's testimony. Uh, why don't we in, uh, conclude it with, uh, is there anyone in the public that has a statement or a question about any of the testimony before us this evening? If not, public portion is closed. You, you are through with your testimony, Hank? Yes. Thank you. With the understanding that if the uh, it's, if the variance is granted, subject to final <coughs> approval and uh, prescriptive easement rights, or some rights to use the walkway, we would be back. Yes. I'll make the motion to deny the application, Mr. Chairman. I'll second. <coughs> we have a roll call, please. Chairman Cunningham. No. Yes. A yes vote is to deny it. Did you say it? Ms. Gorman? Did the answer? You gotta get an answer. Has anybody voted yet? Nobody has voted yet. I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of you We're starting with Chairman Uh, No. So, no. I know what it is. Okay. I get it. Okay. Okay. Vice Chairman Maseo? Yes. Ms. Gorman? Yes. And we have Mr. Lawrence? Yes. Mr. Lexstein? Yes. Thank you. And, and seriously, Mr. Talking did a great job. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Best of luck with it. That would be awesome. The expansion. That would be great for the town. Thank you. Okay, on to uh, any other business before the board this evening. So, Mr. Chairman, just a question. Yes, sir. And that is to explore the board's interest in potentially going to paperless to the board where it's practical, it makes sense. No. <laughs> Please, no. So let me just finish. Thank you. The, the reason I'm bringing it up is this past week, uh, we did a review of the budgets for all the departments. Candace, like everybody else, was asked for areas for reductions. Um, the cost of the copiers, the cost of the paper is high for the town, so we're asking each of the, each of the departments to consider it. 
And I'm not, obviously not eliminating everything. I mean, I, I look at it all electronically except for the, the drawings. I don't know who else does. But just maybe ask Candace to take a look if there's a portion of it that makes sense as a potential budget-saving method. Just a suggestion. So, so if I can, uh, some of my boards that I represent are paperless. It doesn't work. And uh, Monica, I guess you're sort of nodding in agreement. I am 100% agreement. I'll tell you why, because we've, we've also had the same issue. So, you know, when, when the board receives their package, it's complete. So we know like, what's being transmitted as opposed to just receiving the plan. So the board member can't say, oh, I didn't get it or I didn't see it. Um, it becomes easier within the, the, the 10 days after submittal, like if we get like, you know, a review letter from, from an engineer or planner, it, that can be transmitted, it can be placed on the website. But we run into problems when people are starting to put their applications up and the board members are saying, oh, I didn't see that, I forgot to download it, I didn't take it. So it can be a real problem for us moving forward with, with um, potential notices, potential appeals. So I know it's, I know it's not particularly cost effective, but it could really be problematic if a board member is voting on information they don't have and is on the record. Because the minute somebody says, I didn't get it, it's a problem. And not, not to mention, trying to read one of these on a computer. I didn't suggest that. Yeah, no, no, he was talking about giving the plans, but the I, extra I, I did not suggest yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I would be opposed to that. I, it just put all these I think, I think just, otherwise, without this here, you would need a computer here. Yeah. With the, with the agenda. Yeah. And everybody else would probably want one too. No. And I was just going to say, I've also dealt with a lot of other board members. Some are just not tech savvy. And it just, it falls apart. So. <laughs> it falls apart. <laughs> James the best plan reader here. But tech savvy? No. I came up by flip phone last month. Oh, no. <laughs> you have suggestion would be for us to all think about it yeah. uh, of, of ways that of what we need and what we don't need yeah. Um, yeah. it would be the suggestion I would make to uh, but and Mr. Chairman just, just to add to that Candace correct me if I'm wrong doesn't the applicant provide all the copies yes yeah. yeah, well, well, no we're not, we're not yeah, but the applicant so, so what are you, are you talking about I don't think the so agenda is crossing the town yeah, I don't think the agenda is crossing the Okay, so I, I did not suggest anything on the applicant paperwork. I'm talking about minutes. I'm talking about agenda. The minutes, if they're six pages long, times 12 people. But right? she always sends it by email anyway. I know that. She sends it by email. Thank so you. do we need hard copies? But when I, but when I That's my um, question. photocopy, minutes, I, I do double-sided. I don't care about the minutes, people. But there, see, that's well, that's what I was suggesting. Is, we all think about it. Well, wait, 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 wait a second, because you know you're still making a motion to approve the minutes. So would we take a poll to make sure that everybody saw the minutes? I, like I just know that it's being transmitted with the package. So right. those are the kinds of things I just have. Do we keep concerns a, with like, concerns? Do we keep a computer available to the public at the borough hall? So when we say at post it on the borough hall or borough website, which we do. So let me let me just people don't have to let me just hit a reset. First of all, this board has a lot more experience with the intricacies of the paperwork on this board, which I completely respect. I am not suggesting any portion of it is more or less important. Any portion provided by an applicant, like the drawings or anything else, is provided to us anyway. So we're not making copies of this. Right. So there's no cost. My only suggestion was, if there are elements of it, because we all get it electronically, right? I believe that we all get it electronically. If there were elements of it that could be conducive or realistic for us to review them electronically, 
it would give us the opportunity to take whatever that page count is, times 10, times 12, and reduce that. Okay. I personally read the whole, Candace does a great job. I read the whole thing on the computer, and all I need was the drawings. I'm not overly tech savvy, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong for anybody else, but I appreciate your suggestion, which would be, think about it. If there's an opportunity to do it, if we just, for example, took the minutes, which is four or five or six pages, I was amazed when I heard on our service contracts, but we're actually spending for the copiers to do this. We talked about it last week. You were at the meeting. I don't know if it came up during that period of time. Well, thank you, sir. That was my question. If you have that boss, can you share that? I don't have it with me, but I can certainly do that. By email or not Candy's distributor? Yeah. Electronic, yeah. not on paper? Uh, <laughs> and, and in the end, if the decision is it's just too convenient to do it this way, we'd like to leave it, that's absolutely fine. I think, I think a lot of it's important to have in your hand at the meeting. Yeah. You know, I, I, I do. And I, I, okay. not all of it. I, I respect the fact that these two individuals here sitting on the board have a lot of experience with the other, other boards within the, uh, the, the county. And they're finding it to be difficult or not successful. Yep. I mean, that's a good example in itself. It I is. Think, I find it to be risky. I'll just put that up. Yeah. So if that, that's an element. Um, I, guess, I guess the real question would be, you know, does every board member have access or immediate access to email where they can pull up, you know, the minutes of things like, is there an opportunity to review? I think that's a good, you know, that's a good jumping off point for those types of documents, you know? I mean, I'll, listen, I'll tell you, I don't care about the minutes. The yeah, minute, it's a minute smart parts of it we can only I don't see it that way. There we have it. I don't see it. Look at that. Oh. Well, about it we, we don't need a minute. I am fine with the minutes being sent by email. Well, but I understand Monica's point as well. There's resolutions. They can be an email. We read them before we come. Because when we come, well, here, so we don't so have time to read well, them. Well, so once again, we want to make sure you read them because you get an email. Yeah. Everybody else. But I think if they're here and I didn't get an email, I wouldn't have had time to read the resolution before I came right. to the meeting. Unless they were in the packet. You know, like that's, I understand what you're saying. That makes I always get this little shiver when the police officer shows up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, that was another, that was <laughs> you know, Mr. Veroni. They don't ring my doorbell anymore. Mr. Veroni. Oh, well, we just, just let the police do their job. That doesn't cost us a penny. Size of the applications you have here are similar to what I see in other larger towns, but I have had board members, you know these people, oh, I do. that complain that, let's say we have a big application and the resolution is 30 pages, they're pitching that they have to print it out and that's, they, they, they're volunteering right. time to come here and now we're asking them to print stuff out. I, I do have a board member that does a and I'm not saying what one's right, I, I care less. Like, I pulled all this crap off the website myself, so. It's just when you're on low ink, maybe? Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean you know, it's, it's 30 pages and you only have like 12 pages of ink for I make a $6, $60 cartridge yet. We'll make it the town and we'll give us a salary and then we can afford Oh, here we go. Okay, well, well done. Let's stay right there. Right there. <laughs> So moving along, is there anyone at the public that uh, has a statement or a question about the board's meeting tonight? Our dear friend is here working hard tonight. If not, public portion is closed. Is there any other business before the board? I'll make a motion to adjourn. Second? I'll second. Meeting's adjourned. Thank you all very much.
probably better places to start. Oh, we'll find them. Right. We're we're gonna, as far as bringing them across the table. We're doing that. Yeah. Any buildings you want to take away? I think this is so covered by law. You might run into issues with that even. Yeah. With no kind of thing.